0: Men of honor, strength, and integrity have long been essential in society. The Honorable Man Podcast is a celebration of such men. Here, we will discuss men in history and those today that exemplify what it means to be an honorable man. Let's go. All right, let's go. I am Ed Jones and welcome to the Honorable Man Podcast, a podcast dedicated to men who've chosen the path of honor, strength, and integrity. If you're looking to become a better man, you've come to the right place. So on this week's episode, we'll be discussing 9-11 hero Wells Crowther, top 10 prepper fiction books you must read, and another superfood, honey. I'm calling you honey. 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 No, I'm just kidding.
1: How you doing, Tim? How we doing? <laughs> hey, I'm doing pretty good over here. I'm uh, feeling refreshed and, and ready to... You look to, refreshed. Yes. I got my hair yeah. cut today. You your be- your beard, looks beard looks a little shorter, straight. too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Did you take a uh, couple inches off of that I'm thing? I'm feeling kind of fly. Hey, I tell my wife it's a couple inches, but it was really only one. <laughs> <laughs> Still pulling the wool over, us. <laughs> hey, Producer Bill, how's it going over there, brother?
2: I am good. I'm I'm feeling a little more saucy than Nancy Pelosi at a vodka smorgasbord. <laughs> Hey, that is
1: pretty pretty saucy. There we go.
0: All right, let's get right into it. Tim, what's this episode's quote?
1: Hey, everyone who can stand, stand now. If you can help others, do so.
0: All right. Awesome. 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 That quote comes to you from Wells Crowther. Wells Crowther was an American equities trader and volunteer firefighter known for saving as many as 18 lives during the September 11th attack in New York City, during which he lost his own life. Wells Remy Crowther was the first born of three children. His parents, Jefferson and Allison, raised him and his two sisters, Honor and Paige, in the New York City suburb of Nyack, New York. So... Uh, As a child, Crowther saw his father getting dressed for church and wrapping a small comb in a blue or red bandana he kept in his right hip pocket. When Wells was six years old, his father gave him a red bandana that would become his trademark, one that Crowther would wear under all his uniforms throughout high school, throughout his uh, sporting career and into college. At 16, Crowther joined his father as a volunteer firefighter, becoming a junior member of the Empire Hook and Ladder Company. He later attended Boston College baston college where he played lacrosse in 1999 crowler graduated with honors with a degree in economics he subsequently moved to new york city taking a job as an equities trader for sandler o'neill and partners settling into an office on the 104th floor of the south tower of the world trade center he also later entertained dreams of joining the uh, uh the new york fire department the fbi or the cia So on September 11, 2001, nine minutes after United Airlines Flight 175 struck the South Tower between floors 77 and 85 at 9.03, Crowther called his mom from his office at 9.12, leaving the message, Mom, this is Wells. I wanted you to know that I'm all okay. Crowther then made his way to the 78th floor Sky Lobby where he encountered a group of survivors, including a badly burned Ling Young, who worked on the 82nd, 86th floor of the New York's Department of Taxation and Finance. Young had been one of about 200 people waiting at a bank of elevators to evacuate when the plane hit the tower and was one of the few survivors. Crowther was already carrying a young woman on his back and directing people uh, to work their way towards the stairway. Survivors followed him 17 floors down where he dropped off the woman he was carrying before heading back upstairs to assist others. By the time he returned to the 78th floor, he had his signature red bandana around his nose and mouth to protect him from the smoke and the haze. He found another group of survivors, including, uh, which included AON Corp employee Judy Wine, who worked on the 103rd floor. Uh, she was in pain with a broken arm, cracked ribs, and punctured lung. According to Wayne, Crowther assisted in putting out fires and administering first aid. He then announced to the group, everyone who could stand, stand now. If you can help others, do so. He directed this group downstairs as well. As occupants of the tower headed for the street, Crowther returned up the stairs to help others. He was last seen doing so with members of the New York Fire Department before the South Tower collapsed at 9.59 a.m. Crowther's body was found in March of 2002 along several firefighters and emergency workers bunched in a suspected command post in the South Tower lobby. The New York Medical Examiner's Office said his body was found intact, one of the few few bodies actually that was actually found intact. Most of them had disintegrated when, when everything tumbled. He had no signs of burns and the authorities speculated that he was aiding the rescue effort as a civilian usher when the building collapsed. Crowther's family was unaware of the details of his activities between his last phone call to his mother and his death until Allison Crowther reading Judy Wine's first-hand account in the New York Times of being saved by a man in a red bandana. This led Allison to meeting with the people Wells had saved, including Wine and Young. They confirmed via photographs the identity of the young man who aided them. This this is kind of sad. A mostly completed New York City firefighter application was, was discovered in his home after his death. According to survivor accounts, Crowther saved as many as 20 people following the attacks. So here's a young man. Fresh out of college, uh, doing very well, um, working as an equities trader uh, at the trade center, uh, the planes attack, springs into action, immediately starts ushering people down from the 78th floor down through the. St- there was only so there's a documentary called Man in Red Bandana, which I, I highly recommend to everybody. It goes into detail and brings up some sc- schematics of the towers and showed how this one stairwell that he found was the only one between both towers that was accessible for anybody um, above where the planes hit. You know, the first tower, nobody survived above where the plane hit. Nobody was able to get down because it severed all the towers. The south tower, when it was hit, it was hit a little lower. and where So in the north tower, there was four um, stairways, but they were really clustered tight together um, in the middle of the building. So the, the plane, when it went in, it severed those, took care of all those those stairwells so nobody could get past those. On the south tower, it hit lower, and the stairwells were spread out further. So they went narrow down to the 78th floor, and then they went out towards the outside of the building. So there was one stairwell that he found, uh, kept his head, kept cool under pressure, found this stairwell, and got as many as 20 people down to safety. So the crazy thing is is his parents had no idea any of this, any of this happened until sometime later there was a lot of, there was a real uh, in-depth article in the new york times where they actually broke down they interviewed survivors floor by floor of every tower and they they picked stories and human interest stories and those types of things and the mom for whatever reason even after he his his uh, body was found just felt like there was some. she wanted to know more and she kept digging 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 looking for articles and uh, the the dad wouldn't read anything he wanted he just was just crushed by, by the death of his son. Um, so finally these firsthand accounts, um, illustrated what, what Wells had done for all these other people and led to the mom actually meeting with some of the, some of the, excuse me, some of the survivors, uh, that he saved. So just crazy, just, just crazy. And, you know, the, the more digging I do in the, into the September 11th, I've gone down a rabbit hole of late on September 11th for, for some reason. I don't know why. Um, you hear, like what we talked about in a previous episode, Rick Rescorla, and now you hear about Wells Crowler. And there's just these everyday citizens that sprung into action when the shit hit the fan and were directly responsible for saving lives. And I hope that, heaven forbid, any one of us has ever placed in a similar situation that we're able to react uh, similarly, but guys, just, just a
1: crazy story. Yeah, no, I, and that's, um, that's what it's all about. Like, especially in that situation, being able to have the wherewithal to say that everyone who can stand, stand now, if you can help others do so, but it's getting, it's not only doing it yourself, but inspiring others to get up and and do something themselves. And, um, that's how, how you make a difference in those situations. And I can't imagine the amount of, um, stress and fear that everybody was under during that situation but that's um you know talk about being a man of honor and and being a man in society and making men men again like that's where we we have to really be aiming at and taking these examples from people who were involved in 9 11 and perished in there and, and saved lives along the way it's like that's what we should all be aiming for and uh, hopefully we're never faced with a situation similar to 9/11 again, but if uh, if we really think that nothing like that could happen again, we're we're lying to ourselves. So we have to have that again. It's the, the mindset, and it's just the preparatory mindset for the worst case scenario. And, and these people exemplified it and and did it and saved lives along the way.
0: He was 24 years old. Yeah, he's just a, 24 just a years. Kid. My son's 22. Yeah,
1: that's and so crazy. Uh, I.
0: I, for one, I can't imagine the pain that is. You know, like I said, the documentary. The parents are just, they're mm-hmm. the, 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 the they're they're fantastic Americans and just wonderful, wonderful people, and they raised a wonderful son and two two wonderful daughters as well. Um, but the city of Boston has gone out of their way to celebrate this young man. They have a 5K run uh, in his honor, which is the second largest race in Boston every year behind the Boston Marathon, obviously. Um, Boston College is. Done scholarships, done a lot of things. He was he was a hell of a lacrosse player for, for Boston College, just just a, just a fantastic young man, and, and obviously taken taken too quickly, like like everybody that perished in, in the Twin Towers on 9/11. Um, but again, thankful that he was there for for the, the the job that he did of of saving the people that he did save.
2: I mean, we're in a season of false flags, so maybe that's why that's coming to you. Hopefully, when those moments come to us, we'll.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You know, I I, I don't know. I don't know. It's every 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 now and again, I get just, I go down the rabbit hole of nine eleven, and <laughs> it's taken me to some pretty dark places, which you're alluding to. Yeah. But you know, I always circle back to the you know the hero the heroism and uh, uh, the 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 the. Steely reserve of of our first responders and civilians. That's Mm. that saved a lot of lives I mean like the death toll could have been significantly higher without question. Thanks to Rick Riscola and Wells Crowther and other guys that uh,
1: taking something uh, Learning out of any tragedy and applying it to what we can do in the future um, When we're put in possibly put in the same situations like it's very important to highlight all of the positives and the stories that were involved in it and the, the examples of men standing up and, and saving lives. And even um, when they lose their own lives along the way, they, they made such an impact and such a difference. And hopefully, um, and obviously, uh, the people who he saved will, will always uh, live their life forward in his example. And I hope that that always happens.
0: So, Tim, you were a police officer. Uh, first responder scenarios, did you have many? Did you come across? Uh, you alluded to an accident on our last episode that you just came across recently, but, you know, in your line of duty, whether it be the military or as a police officer, did you come across? Were you the first responder to any? Oh, yeah. Like, obviously. I mean, what, what is that? What is that mindset? How, does, how does, you Is know, it just a calm that comes what, over you? or
1: It, it really is, and... Um, I'll tell you, and it, it's any police officer out there will, will say the same thing. As soon as you get the call for, no matter what it is, whether it's a car accident or an armed robber or, um, or a shooting or something like that, on the way to the call, you are playing through your head every possible sure, scenario sure. that you could possibly encounter. And it is like a, a calming effect, but you also know that when you get there... If you are freaking out, then holy yeah. shit, everybody's freaking out around you. So it's, it's bringing that calmer de- demeanor. And the way that you kind of are able to do that is through playing out all the mm-hmm. scenarios. So really the thing that will always freak anybody out is something unexpected happening that you hadn't thought of, and then you don't know how to respond. So if you start to play through every possible worst-case scenario scenario, um, then when you are faced with a situation, you can handle it a little bit more smoothly. Um, but, you know, and it, it's the training and the preparedness, like, it becomes second nature. Like, you're not even thinking at yeah. that point. You're you are to your training. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, um, it, it's something that is very valuable, but it, it doesn't take a police officer to uh, be able to do that stuff. It, it takes that mindset and the, the thinking through it and being prepared for anything that's thrown at you allows you to deal with anything that's, uh, comes your way. So
0: cool. Yeah. Thank you for that. All right. So, uh, as, as, uh, as you know, our next segment is, as shit hit the fan prep, um, guys, we like to give you tips and tools and, um, things to, to, to digest for, for shit hit the fan scenarios, like, like nine 11. Um, this week we're going to talk about, uh, what are we talking about? Uh, top 10 prepper fiction books you must read. So I've, uh, Previous episode, we did what 15 shit at the fan movies. So, we're coming at you for a little, little bit different li- these last couple episodes. So, this time we're going to talk about top 10 prepper fiction books you must
1: read. Go ahead, Tim. And this one comes to us from 1776patriotusa.com. usa.com a so hell a gonna, website yeah, handle. I like yeah, that. They yeah, got know, everything I'm in there. like, <laughs> damn, I'm be visiting this one Let me get more that, uh, so handle. <laughs> the top 10 prepper fiction books you must read. So, I'll start the list. Um, Number one, 299 Days by Glenn Tate. So 299 Days, The Preparation, the first book in the 299 Days series, depicts inner struggles Grant must face as he exists in a social system he recognizes as unsustainable and on the verge of collapse, but one in which he has built his life around. What begins as a return to his roots, self-sufficiency, and independence Becomes a full blown move to prepare for what may come. Wow, that's so, like we're yeah, it's right like
0: now. I built my life around yeah. this unsustainable uh, social system that's on the verge of collapse. Yeah, <laughs> I think that speaks for all
1: of us. Jesus. And and as we you know we've we've talked about being self sustainable and all that stuff, but uh, this book covers that. And oh, then boy. Um, it, mm, that is definitely something to check out. So number two, going home, a novel, the Survivalist series book one. When Morgan Morgan Carter's car breaks down 250 miles from his home, he figures his weekend plans are ruined. But things are about to get much, much worse. The country's power grid has (laughs) collapsed. There is no electricity, no running water, no internet, and no way to know when normalcy will be restored, if it ever will be. An avid survivalist, Morgan, takes to the road with his prepper pack on his back. So talk about another very relevant, like the power grid goes down, no internet, no water, like that is societal collapse in in this, um, potentially. I think I'm going to be reading some of these books. (laughs) Great. I know our our future episodes are going to be lit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, number three is a survivalist frontier justice. Frontier book justice. One the Superpox 99 virus. Oh, here we go. Bill Gates. I <laughs> hey, hope he didn't hear that. Hey, uh, Fauci's kind of disappeared yeah. recently, so he must be working on the, the Superpox 99 virus. Anyway, it has wiped out nearly the entire human race. To stay alive, U.S. Deputy Marshal Mason Rains must must forage for food, water, and gasoline while outrunning those who seek to take advantage of the apocalyptical anarchy. So, hey, that's uh, something we've talked about before, and the threats that you're going to be faced with um, in in that world and the post shit hits the fan society.
0: Do you ever notice that most Fiction characters have f- badass names. Yeah, I, I was just about <laughs> to Deputy say Deputy Marshall yeah. Mason Reigns. It's not <laughs> it's not uh, uh, Lenny Comstein.
1: <laughs> Gangsta. <laughs> All right. Sorry, go ahead. N- Number four. What's left of my world a story of a family survival. Lauren Russell often wondered why her father had been so adamant about teaching her skills that most other fathers wouldn't even consider teaching their daughters. Ever since she was little, she had been taught how to live and survive outdoors and how to use firearms to protect herself and those around her. Some of the training has been a extreme or has or it been has it this been is what they talk Lauren about Lauren Russell it's left of my world
2: and it sounds like a, a pro feminist approach to hey, survival there we go. Yeah. Yes. I,
0: who so who would play Lauren Russell in the uh, in the movie who's that redhead from Superbad that i like um, Emma Stone
2: yeah uh, i never seen Superbad, but you said Redhead.
1: Yeah. Well, well, it's that funny that how this first one Hey, gun show... Hey, gun rights are women's rights. Let's Absolutely. point that out. Number five. Uh, number five. Fight Like a Man, a post-apocalyptic thriller. As a prepper, Grayson <laughs> Rowan... <laughs> Gangsta <laughs> was prepared for just about anything. Anything other than being totally alone when this shit hits the fan. While he sat back and watched the United States rattle swords with Korea, play chicken with Russia and Strong Arm China, he felt sure the lights went out. That he he felt sure when the lights went out that he and his family would be okay. They had everything they needed at their homestead. What he wasn't prepared for was his family not being home, if it ever happened. But, Crazy. holy cow, are these fiction? Like, we're well, rattling swords the, uh, with Korea, playing yeah, chicken with they're China. pulling as much
2: real-life stuff as possible. To, yeah. to quote Counting Crows, the razor
1: perceptions that cut just a little too deep. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How Num- to turn tables. Number six on our list is called Locker Nine. Grace's dad taught her survival, self-defense, and shooting, then sent her away to college hoping she'd never have to use those skills. All he wanted was to give her a fighting chance if the world fell apart than it did near the end of grace's freshman year a coordinated terror attack takes place at dozens of locations around the country including her campus university
0: we got to so. get grace together with lauren and uh, yeah, the two chicks go. can, can fight, to, fight, fight
2: the fight these guys. people up That'd be like yeah. ripley and sarah connor yeah teaming up. yeah right That'd be fantastic
1: <laughs> number seven the borrowed world jim powell thought he was ready He was a regular guy who traveled a lot for work and hated every second he was away from his young family. But when ISIS operatives unleashed a coordinated attack on America's infrastructure, his entire world shattered. The electrical grid collapsed. Communication networks were damaged. Critical bridges and dams were destroyed. And major fuel refineries have gone up in massive fiery clouds. So, man... These aren't nonfiction, right? Like these all sound pretty realistic. Number eight on this list is Patriots: Surviving the Coming Collapse. America faces a full-scale socioeconomic collapse. The stock market plummets. Hyperinflation cripples commerce, and the mounting crisis passes the tipping point. Practically overnight, the fragile chains of supply and high technology <laughs> infrastructure fall, and wholesale rioting and looting grip every major city. I think that's city. this coming Monday, isn't it? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> coming in March. Um, number nine EMP, equipping modern patriots. EMP is a harrowing story of survival following the destruction of the electrical grid. Oh, I know the That's same. in a trend here. Yeah. And in ne- nearly every electronic device in the country has failed. Can you imagine a world with no phones, no TV, no, no phones, internet, no and TV. no way to access your bank account? Without the electrical grid, there would be no lights, no heating, air conditioning, no public water, no sewer and that would likely back up into your home. With, without modern vehicles or interstate trucking, the supermarkets would quickly run out of food and supplies. Unprepared, the government would be helpless to feed the masses and maintain order. Our humanity is questioned when the survival of the fittest becomes reality. That is EMP equipping modern patriots. Man, these are very troubling scenarios that could easily play out so number 10 and the final one on this list is lights out. Jesus man Lights out Let me guess The electrical grid goes (laughs) down Lights out (laughs) Chronicles the challenges Of Mark Karate Man Turner When the lights go out Over most of the free world He must find himself The ability to unite His family friends And neighbors If any of them Are able to survive The harsh reality That everyday life becomes When the veneer of civilization is stripped away. So, um, we laugh a lot about these, and these are nonfiction books, but who? No, they're fiction. Shit. They're fiction, but they're, they, they <laughs> they are fiction quickly, quickly become but nonfiction. They, yeah, but holy shit, like these are uh, actual scenarios that could come down, and um, you know, there is obviously throughout Hollywood there's always been some alluding to events that that have ended up taking place Um, these books are the, the same way so check them out because if nothing else it gives you an idea of what could happen if your, if your brain isn't taking you to those worst case scenarios, like the electrical grid and EMPs are like a legit concern for me. Th- that's and my
2: biggest concern sure, with this sure. whole thing with Russia and Ukraine. I don't, they're not, we're not going to get new. We're going to get blast back to the snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: so the, uh, having them being fic- fiction books, you know, some of the, some of the survivalists, some of the prepper stuff could be a little dry at times. Um, not Joe D'Olio's or anything like that. Cause this is really concise, but, you know, putting the fiction around it so it can impart the lessons that are important, but still have a little bit of storytelling involved, which which may make it more palatable. I'm, I'm going to grab a couple of these. I'm going to grab uh, Going Home, a novel, the Survivalist Series, book one, <laughs> when Morgan Carter's car breaks down. Carter's car.
2: You just like his name. You know <laughs> Morgan Carter, and I got Deputy Marshal uh, Mason Rains. I mean, why do I feel like Steven Seagal should have played that guy like, in the <laughs> I mean, 90s? He may have. I mean, <laughs>
1: hey, but I will tell you, like where where I would find value in these books is Um, through the imagination because when they are writing fiction, they literally are starting to think about every possible scenario. And no matter how whack it could be, like it really targets the emotional side of it because that's what keeps you reading. So if you're not aware of those things and if, like, what is the saying? Like, we don't know what we don't know. And to hear someone else's perspective and their imagination on that stuff could bring a lot of value in preparing you for... Anything that could possibly come up,
2: you know, that might be a good introduction. Also, if if you like, I know people that I, I try to talk about this stuff, and they think I'm, I'm just way out in left field, which I am. But you know, maybe giving somebody a gripping novel that has plausible real world, you know, cause and effect might like help flip the switch and say, oh. Hmm.
0: Well, I, I think I think if um, you spent the le- next month watching the movies that we talked about on a previous episode. And reading these books, that can't help but prepare you for situations. I mean, like like Tim said, these people have thought up scenarios, um, likely, be, and, but you
2: know. Well, and it'd be interesting to know more about the authors. Like, are these former? You very know, well could military, be military security experts so on and so forth you know so yeah
0: yeah very well could be Um, and if they're not they've definitely done
2: research right, right?
0: And, and 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 huddled and, and talked with right. people in those fields
2: sure I, I could just tell you like for me writing a book and then working on my second like you don't want to go into this ill-prepared you can't unless you are an expert you want to be as expert like as you can so um,
1: you yeah, know, they're and putting realistic yeah. scenarios together in your brain before you put it on, on paper. We've, uh, um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So like, like I said, some of the nonfiction stuff can be a little dry. You throw some, I'm sure, I guarantee each one yeah, of these books three. has a sex scene in yeah, it. Yeah, love story. <laughs>
1: you know? And, and um, all that. But holy shit, like, go back and re-listen to that list of ten I just gave you. And if you haven't had a thought of those scenarios in your mind, you need to. Like, I, everyone was like, oh, shit, are we sure this well, was, fiction? was the one? The one <laughs> like, of
0: uh, Smallpox 99 or whatever? I mean, with what we just went through, which... Was a scandemic, a pandemic but it just shows you that we are ill prepared if a real definitely virus with a significant mortality rate, like Contagion, like the movie we talked about a couple episodes ago, or, or whatever. Go watch Contagion for a real um, look at what a, a a pandemic should would look like. People body bags or read uh, a book about trucks. the Spanish flu, right? Or actually study some history of a yeah. real yeah. <laughs> But even even then, the majority of the people died from uh, dysentery back, from yeah, uh, yeah. pneumonia, from oh, the, yeah, yeah, bacterial <laughs> pneumonia from the masks that they were wearing.
2: Contagion was hard to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and very and, hard, and, and especially when it, like Gwyneth Paltrow because she suffers a horrible death. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Spoiler alert. You know, it's interesting that one of the things, that, as you're saying that, that I, I think it's going to be interesting if somebody, it might even go do this myself, go back and watch Contagion, and then. If there's factual basis on that, and then compare and contrast with the, the way they, the, the the language, that the BS that we were the verbiage they
0: use, yeah, is well, very I mean, similar, like the, the R not and things like that, Absolutely. right? Like the
2: actual real world application of this is a hypothetical, but it played out this way in the real world. And um, but anyway, Hollywood's always better than real life.
0: Well, like I said, if anything, this this COVID has shown us how ill prepared we are for a significant event. All right, so health and wellness tip we're talking about another superfood today we are talking about honey and you know when it comes to prepping honey lasts forever yeah if you if you do a good job of jarring bottling your honey it can literally sit on a shelf it'll outlive you uh but in in addition to being a, a the ideal sweetener or uh, uh uh food prepper food for some people with a sweet tooth like like me it also has a lot of um nutrient value so Contains a bunch of nutrients, right? Honey is essentially pure sugar with no fat and only trace amounts of protein and fiber. It contains small amounts of some nutrients, but most people typically don't consume enough honey for it to be a significant dietary source of vitamins and minerals. Still, it's worth noting that honey is rich in health-promoting plant compounds known as polyphenols. It's rich in antioxidants. High-quality honey, which is minimally processed, unheated, and fresh, contains many important bioactive plant compounds and antioxidants, such as flavonoids and phenolic acids. Darker varieties tend to offer more antioxidants than lighter varieties. Antioxidants help neutralize reactive oxygen species in your body, which can build up in cells and cause damage. The damage can contribute to conditions like premature aging, type 2 diabetes, and heart disease. Uh, it's better for blood sugar levels than regular sugar. When it comes to blood sugar management, honey may offer some slight benefits over regular sugar. Although honey raises your blood sugar level, level just like other types of sugar do, the antioxidants in it contain may help protect. I'm sorry, the antioxidants it contains may help protect against met- met- metabolic syndrome and type 2 diabetes. Researchers have found that honey may increase levels of. I'm not going to say that. A hormone that reduces <laughs> inflammation and improves blood sugar re- regulation. I swear sometimes they just make these words up and make them impossible to pronounce. Uh, honey may improve heart health. Um, according to one review, honey may help lower blood pressure, improve blood fat levels, regulate your heartbeat, and prevent that death of healthy cells. All factors that can improve your heart function and health. Uh, it promotes burn and wound healing. I, I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Topical honey treatment has been used to heal wounds and burns since ancient Egypt, and the practice is still common today. A review of 26 studies on honey and wound care found it most effective at healing partial thickness burns and wounds that have become infected after surgery. So what, they just wipe it on? They just apply to the wound? Yeah, world? just
2: in like an antiseptic almost. And another interesting thing, I don't know if we're going to get to it, but localized honey, that there's something in... You know, honey essentially is bee crap, but um, there's some antioxidants that are unique to your area or wherever that is the, where the bees and the in the honey is. So when you use local honey to your area where you live in, it does help. Uh, oh, that's you know, interesting. Fight off, you know, if, if there's something that you're dealing with in a particular area normally what's in that honey if you ingest it helps build up your immune system to to fight against that so that's another i, I eat my breakfast every morning is cottage cheese and honey i really? kid I, I kid you not and i know that sounds like a really gross combination however the cottage cheese is high in protein the, uh, the it's the fantastic honey, yeah. the honey really isn't but it's it's you know and i don't get don't use the low-fat cottage cheese it,
0: just trust I me don't but low-fat anything yeah,
2: it, but um long
0: fats That's good sh- for you. People don't realize fats were bastardized in the 70s. Fats are actually fantastic.
2: Uh, oh, absolutely. But so so just some it's cottage fast. cheese and drizzle honey over it. It's good. It's good for you and it's a quick just go. But yeah, I love honey. It's store up on that stuff as much as you can. That's why they're that's why they're killing the bees. <laughs> so in one study, topical Sorry. honey
0: healed an impressive 97% of participants' diabetes-related ulcers, foot ulcers. Researchers theorized that honey's healing anti-inflammatory effects it may help treat other skin conditions, including psoriasis and herpes lesions. Bill, where's your, where's your honey at? I have some herpes <laughs> lesions I need to... <laughs> it's, it's in my... It's M- in my I'll ah, use a spoon or it. a, Nice. It's no, in my press kit. you just dip it
1: right in, bro. Yeah, that's, why the honey, that's why the honey jars have the wider... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Jesus. Now I use
2: a little beer. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, Honey may help suppress coughing in children. Coughing is a common problem for children with upper respiratory infections. These infections can affect sleep and the quality of life for both children and parents. Amen. However, common cough medications are not always effective and and can have side effects. Interestingly, honey may be a good alternative with evidence indicating that it's an effective, effective treatment option. That's interesting. Never heard of that one either. It's easy to add to your diet. To get a small boost of antioxidants from honey, you can use it in any way that you typically use sugar. It's excellent for sweeting plain yogurt, coffee, tea, yogurt, or what did you? Want? Cottage, cottage, cottage cheese. cheese. You can bake uh, with it. Yeah, you can also yeah, use can it in cooking and baking. Yep. And our brownies. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a home remedy, like we said, it can be applied directly to minor burns or wounds, or given orally for coughs. Remember that you shouldn't give honey to infants under one year of age due to the risk of botulism. And also keep in mind that honey is a type of sugar, so consuming it will obviously cause your blood sugar levels to rise. Uh, so that's it, guys. Honey, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great it's great for preppers because it'll last forever. It's relatively cheap. Actually, one of the guys in the club. Brought us,
2: brought me it, in two bottles there, of honey this yeah. last meeting. Yeah, For the
1: is, benefits that, yeah, the home, like the local grown, is getting a little bit expensive, but sure. you can still get it commercially, and um, yeah, honey is, honey is. Hey, have
0: you ever chewed on a honeycomb? Like, took the honeycomb out of the thing and just gnawed at it because it's like wax, yeah, it's real waxy. But that, uh-huh. that honey, just that first
1: bite just mm. gushes
0: out. It's fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So now we go to this episode's man of dishonor. Tim, if
1: this it's one, an Ohio guy, I don't mm-hmm, want to hear it. Mm-hmm. This one <laughs> is coming to you from Flagler County, Florida. Right, right. Back, back to man. Florida. A man stopped for speeding in Central Florida blamed Vladimir Putin <laughs> for his lead foot. <laughs> oh, my God. The the Flagler Flagler County Sheriff's Office pulled over a man in Palm Coast on February 24th for going 50 miles per hour in a 30-mile-per-hour zone. In the video, the man at the wheel of the white Dodge Challenger initially told the deputy he got distracted while trying trying to get the dashboard out of sport mode. The man then said he wanted to get home. He said, I just found out that Putin is, just says he's going to launch nuclear thermal war against the world. I was just trying to get back to my house to find out what was going on. Hey, if you're going to use an excuse. Yeah, eh. thermonuclear war. <laughs> yeah. the, the man said he wanted to get home, so he was in a hurry to save his family. The driver war. War games, even right? ran yeah. a stop sign with the deputy sitting right at the intersection. I think this dude's name was Joe Biden. He's blaming inflation and fuel prices on Vladimir Putin. I didn't catch the dude's <laughs> name, but holy cow. Wow. I I guess if you heard on the radio and you were, yeah, I don't know, I'm trying to play that scenario as a cop, how I would respond. <laughs> I mean, you
0: know, if the guy is... If the guy is I don't know. You know, the media can can whip you up into a, a frenzy, and if you're listening to the radio, and they got you convinced that uh, Poon's about drive to launch
1: some. fast enough to get home before. I mean, we all want to th- be with yeah. our loved ones, right?
0: We all want to die holding our loved ones. He I was I only assume.
1: doing 15 miles an hour with a speed limit. Yeah, man. I mean, what, what'd you, I you say he was he's... in a
0: Charger or Challenger? Yeah, yeah, yeah that he, car. Those, those cars will fly. Peg like, it, bro. On, dude. Peg it. Punch it. Let's
1: um,
2: go. So well, yeah, maybe he loved this family, but didn't really. Yeah, he just
1: wanted to see the their parish bodies. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, either way, I, I would not try using Putin as your excuse for speeding I'm in. Going, the I think for
0: the, I think for the actually, next three months, I can use Putin for just about anything, right? I actually tried it the,
1: on the Democratic way home.
2: Party has for the last eight years.
1: Oh, yeah. got him, Bill. Got him. I'm right. feeling feisty today, guys. <laughs> All
0: right, guys. This episode's call to action. If you can help others, do so. Uh, the immortal words of Wells Crowther. Um, that's what we're about, right? It's about helping others less fortunate than us, or people that are down, people that need help, protecting others. Um, interesting, interesting story. Uh, my wife and I and some friends, we just uh, we made an offer for a uh, assisted living facility, and our offer was accepted. So we may be operating an assisted living facility here in the next couple months, and it's all about awesome. helping. Um, our older generation in their twilight and giving them the proper care that they deserve because my wife has worked in nursing homes for about 20 years now and a lot of them are well, let's just say you wouldn't want your loved ones in there um, due to short staffing and, and um, doing making decisions based on the bottom line so Right? Let's help others. Let's help others wherever we can. Guys, what do you you think? Now,
1: and uh, some of you guys might not know about our podcast. Um, Ed comes up with the quote, and he he covers the man in honor and history. And um, I do the other parts, and we kind of have it set up so that we don't know what each other is going to say so that we can have um, authentic conversations. And um, Ed's also not on Facebook um, but I posted this just this morning, you know, when you do good, good comes to you and it, it's when you help others and you're doing all the things the right way and helping your society and contributing it, then good things come your way and um, we, we had a major blessing for our, our charity, The Sub-Zero Mission, um, today just based on people recognizing that, that you're doing good and you're out there helping and then they want to help and so yeah it's called,
2: it's called the law of the harvest whatever you know uh, like the bible says uh Whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. So you can you can reap to the the flesh. You can reap to evil, or you can sow to flesh. You can sow to evil. You can sow to stinginess, and you're going to reap that back. But if you're yeah. generous and altruistic, and uh, like the gentleman we talked about last couple episodes, who gave their last measure of devotion for the betterment of mankind, I'm sure there's a reward in heaven that far[s] outweigh us. Paying a small tribute to them in this episode.
1: Definitely. And if you have the ability to help in any situation and you're not, then um, you're definitely not living an honorable life. So if you have the ability to do so, help. And then um, you can contribute in many different ways. And it doesn't even have to be physical, it could be um, through even just through support of others who are doing things and, and stuff like that. So if you, everyone who can stand, stand now. If you can help others, do so.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Um, PatchOps, show sponsor. Tim, what do you got?
1: Hey, PatchOps, patchops.com. We have the baddest patches and decals on the planet. Hey, we also have the baddest art team on the planet. So we have um, added a new director of art operations. Um, so we have four people on our art team. So when you ever need custom patches, custom artwork, custom decals, hit up patchops, patchops.com. Yeah, they
0: do great work. Great work. Uh, Bill, what do you got, buddy? Well, I'm waiting for the
1: t-shirts. For ah, the patch-ups.
0: Yeah, yeah. What do we doing with these beach-ups? I, I, yeah. t-shirts? I got so many ideas I for know.
1: t-shirts. We were supposed to do it today, but... Mm, yeah. Soon, wah, soon wah, gentlemen, wah, soon.
2: Wah. Uh, just, you know, we uh, appreciate the, the podcast listen here, but also, you know, we do a podcast, uh, a friend and I, Carl Tuckerson, uh, <laughs> not his real name, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we, we attack similar issues from um, a more spiritual uh, point of view so please check that out. That's FlawedCast. You can hear it anywhere podcasts are. Uh, and get a copy of a book. Smith's Man Repair Manual. And uh, just found another review on Amazon. So thank you. Hey, there we go. Thank you to another five star. Another uh, anonymous was this individual's name. So I think I know them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not going to hack the grid. But, <laughs> when, they're, yeah. when they're not hacking. <laughs> when, when they're not the hacking the grid, right? <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> yeah. That, thanks.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Um, guys, the world needs honorable men more than ever. It's time to get out there, step up, get involved, and get honorable. Be honorable. Thanks. Good night. Talk to you next week.